Good morning. Warm, warm welcome to our service this morning. Uh, a couple of differences today. So first of all, a massive welcome to everybody that's in the church building. Great to see a start to return to normal. And the second thing is that's different is that today our service will be led by Reverend Andrew Willett uh, by the means of um, recorded video. So that should be interesting. So just the usual notices. Um, so firstly, if you can just remember to keep yourself on mute during the service, uh, unless you're taking part, um, apart from at the end, when we'll all unmute ourselves for the grace. And secondly, if uh, you need, uh, if you want to um, ask for any prayers or you want to chat during the service, just use the chat function on Zoom. So um, now over to Andrew. Excuse me a moment. A little later in the service, we're going to read Psalm 4 and... Before we pray, I'd like to read just the first verse of Psalm 4. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, we come before you this morning in prayer. Just as countless generations have come before you in prayer, like the writer of Psalm 4 said, Lord God, we rejoice that we can come here today. And we thank you that the Thomas Risley Church is, is back open to some degree to uh, welcome worshippers. How good it is to worship in church and also worship at home. Lord God, we thank you that you have guided this church through this past year on, uh, on Zoom and other ways of still worshipping. We thank you, Lord, that the figures seem to be a little bit better, that there's brighter hope and there is hope in you, Lord. And we thank you that as this psalm says that we, we just come before you, Lord, in prayer and we offer you praise and glory and honour and thankfulness. We just pause and give you thanks for at least one thing that's in our lives that's perhaps happened this week. We give you thanks, Lord. But we also remember that we've let you down, that we've sinned, that we haven't lived as we should. And we seek your forgiveness, Lord. Forgive us when we have failed to, 
to act in your way or spoken in your way or even thought in your way. We thank you, Lord, because of the Easter message that we can be forgiven and we claim that forgiveness. And Lord God, we invite your Holy Spirit not only to help us to have that assurance that we are forgiven, but also the empowerment to live our lives as you want us to live. And so as we worship today in spirit and in truth, we pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us and will enable us to learn and be empowered to follow you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Steve is going to lead us in the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to do something slightly different for the Lord's Prayer this morning, so I'm going to uh, try sharing it as a video. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thanks, Steve. And now we're going to have our first song, uh, which is Let Everything That Has Breath. Your, your power, your might, your endless 
everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Let everything that, everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Let everything that, everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Let everything that, everything. time for birthdays so does anyone have a birthday this week uh, can't see anybody any in the build anybody in the building no okay i think i escaped so um if uh, helen if you could bring us our first bible reading please So this reading is um, from Psalm 4. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin. When you are on your bed, search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. I am reading from John 21, from verse 1 through to 19, and it's about Jesus and the miraculous catch of fish. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, oh, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. 
And then the disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred metres. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there, with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Jesus now reinstates Peter. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Amen. Good morning. It's so good to be back here at Thomas Risley, although sadly online rather than in person. I always have such warm feelings when I remember my ministry here at at Thomas Risley. It was five years ago when uh, Sal and myself left to plant a church in in London, and this we've done, and it's been a, a real adventure. And I'm now minister of of three churches down in London. But just wondering at this time whether God is calling us to something new. We aim to follow Jesus as we always have done. But it's not always easy, as you know. And I'm preaching this morning on the story of Simon Peter that we uh, we heard earlier on about 
his reinstatement and his is learning more about what following Jesus may mean. I hope that it teaches me something, and I hope that it teaches you something. Let's just pause and pray before I preach. Heavenly Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit will direct these words. You will direct what I say and you will help those in the congregation as they hear and may they hear you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I am drawn to Simon Peter. Perhaps you are too. And we know more about him than any of the other disciples. And his life, I think, can help us in our lives. And perhaps the reason I like him so much is because he is presented to us as Jesus's friend. But he regularly fails at being a good friend. But Jesus's love for him never falters, that Jesus would love a walking contradiction like Simon Peter bodes well for you and for me. The story is only recorded in John's Gospel and is significant for Peter and for us. You see, we pick up the story just after the resurrection, and Peter has returned to his home and his former trade, fishing. It seems that Peter was behaving as if the past three years had amounted to nothing that he'd spent with Jesus. He'd gone back to his life of fishing. Perhaps this is harsh, I mean, the man had got to eat. But there may be something in it that he was returning to what he knew how to do, following all the uncertainty of Jesus' death and resurrection. What does that mean? What about us? Does our lifestyle reflect our faith? Do we live with the reality of the love of God in our lives and the reality of the resurrection. But back to Peter. This story of him jumping out of the boat comes on the heels of a a pretty spectacular failure. Only days earlier, Jesus in Jesus' greatest hour of need, Peter denied knowing him. Perhaps the most painful part was that he did it just as Jesus predicted, before the rooster crowed. When the rooster crowed, something undeniably true came from the deepest recesses of this man. Peter realised that he'd been tested and failed. This collapsed, caused into question these past 
three years that he had invested as Jesus' disciple. Of course it did. After Peter made his denial, Jesus went on to die. This forced Peter to question what the rest of his life was going to look like. What did the future hold for him? Perhaps this led him to return back to fishing. But it wasn't the best, was it? How much did he catch? Nothing. He fished all night, which was the best time to fish, and caught nothing. And he fished in the deepest water, the best water, but caught nothing. However, when Jesus told him to fish in the daytime, the worst time to fish, and in the shallow water, the worst place to fish, he caught an abundance of fish. Credit to Peter for being humble enough to accept the advice of a non-fisherman on the shore. For he didn't immediately recognise Jesus. And it does illustrate that with Jesus directing his life, he can achieve so much more. And I think the same is true for us, that we need to seek the direction of Jesus in our life. But when Peter recognised Jesus standing on the shore, he threw himself into the water so that he could swim fully clothed to shore and collapse at the feet of his best friend, whom he had betrayed. If we come to Jesus at all, we come in this way, humble and desperate, at the feet of the one that we sometimes deny. What did Jesus do for this sad and sopping wet disciple? Well, John tells us that he made breakfast for him. And this, I think, is quite widely recognised. When you, you cook breakfast over an open fire for someone, it's a very friendly thing to do. And Jesus was saying, you're still my friend. And with the latest easing of the government restrictions, we can do that again. Let's get the barbie out. And as Peter stood before the Lord, Jesus asked the most revealing and volatile question he could. Peter, do you love me? Peter swallowed hard and said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Three times Jesus asked this. He never questioned Peter's response, as if he doubted him. But each time Peter confessed his love, Jesus told him, Take care of my flock. What is Jesus doing here? 
Why did he ask him so many times? Well, one reason was so that Peter would have to hear himself confess the truth. Lord, you know that I love you. I love you and I failed you. But I still love you. It was important for Peter to hear himself saying this. And I'm sure the three times is significant, somehow cancelling out the three times that Peter had denied Jesus. I also think that it's significant the imagery that Jesus uses. He spoke to Peter as if he was going to become a shepherd. Feed my sheep, take care of my flock. He could have said, I will again make you a fisher of men, as he had done when he first called Peter to be a disciple three years earlier, just using his gifts of fishing. But I think that Jesus is in effect saying, I want you to follow me, but on my terms, not yours. And he'd illustrated this with the catch of fish that he'd just experienced. I think that Jesus is saying, your future starts now. I'm taking you out of your comfort zone. I love you and I will equip you to follow me my way. And did you notice in the reading how Jesus didn't say that life would be easy if he followed him. In fact, the opposite. See verse 18 and then verse 19, I'll read to you. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Wow. No prosperity gospel here, no comfortable gospel. And I'd like to end with three important messages for us from this incident. Number one, if a disciple as close to Jesus as Peter can fail as spectacularly as he did, and still find himself firmly in the grip of the love of Christ, then you and I, when we doubt, or when we struggle, or when we fear, or even when we fail, will not be separated from his love either. That's the first thing. The second thing. Jesus forgave Peter's sin of denial. And if we are a follower of Jesus, then we too must follow his example of forgiving others. And then the third point. To be a follower of Jesus, we need to give ourselves wholeheartedly to him, trusting his guidance, even if it takes us out of our comfort zone 
as he did with Peter. So the three things. First, Jesus loves and forgives us when we go wrong. Second, we need to forgive others. And third, following Jesus is wonderful but requires that total commitment. Let me end by leading us in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story from Scripture. We pray as we contemplate the words that have been said, the reading that has been read, What are you saying to us at this time? Maybe one of those three points at the end. That despite what we've done, you love us and forgive us like you did Peter. Or maybe you're wanting to point out to us how we need to forgive someone, some people. Or maybe it's just about following Jesus. Lord God, continue to speak to us. Continue to speak to us as we sing our hymn. All about being a child of God. Not being a slave to some of the wrong things, to the fears. But help us to know, Lord, that you love us and that you are guiding us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
is going to bring us our prayers. Quick change of glasses there. So uh, no, uh, no video backgrounds, but um, let's pray anyway. Lord, we, uh, we come before you in a world of many, many troubles and many, many challenges and many, many conflicts. Lord, we continue to pray for all of those who have been affected by the virus, by the coronavirus. For the huge number of families who have lost loved ones, for even greater number of people, for whom not only have they had the disease, but also have then had long after effects. And Lord, we pray that they will feel your strength. They will feel your uh, healing hand over these coming weeks and months. Lord, yesterday's funeral reminded us all too clearly of those losses and we pray for all those people who have recently um, lost loved ones, either from the virus or others. So, Lord, sometimes prayers can seem like a list of disasters and seem like a list of wants. Lord, as we head towards summer, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being with us through these last 12 months, for giving us the, the direction and the strength to keep hold of you as we look towards a brighter and more open future. And in a few moments, we'll just bring before you each individually those for whom we have particular concerns and we want to raise them up in prayer to you or situations that are particularly close to our heart. Lord, we bring all of these prayers both said and silent, to you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. And now we're going to have our final song, which is Build Your Kingdom Here.
So um, it's the end of our service. So um, just a reminder that the prayer room will be open shortly. Um, but before that, let's all unmute ourselves. We can go on to gallery view. Everybody. And we'll say the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.